Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, and now that uh, all of the uh, Chagim uh, are behind us, uh, we have completed them, hopefully uh, in the right way, uh, we now start the cycle of reading the Torah again from the beginning, and uh, therefore we are learning uh, Parashat Bereshit, the beginning of the Torah, the beginning of the first book of the Torah. Uh, Parashat Bereshit uh, contains, uh, we might say, uh, say eight uh, themes, eight topics, uh, and we'll go through them uh, in, a, in a general sense. The first section of the uh, Bereshit, of Parashat Bereshit, uh, deals with creation, uh, known as Sheshetime uh, Bereshit, the six days of creation. Uh, and the Torah goes through uh, one day at a time. Uh, the first day of creation, there is the creation of light and the separation of light from darkness. The second day of creation, the firmament, uh, which is that which separates the water uh, down here uh, on earth from the water that is up in the sky. Uh, and uh, the those waters are separated. On the third day of creation, we have the creation of the seas and the dry land, as well as the production of vegetation from the dry land. The fourth day of creation, we have Hashem creating the luminaries to regulate time the sun, the moon, and the stars. Fifth day of creation, uh, we have the creation of marine life, that which lives in the water, and birds. The sixth day of creation, we have the creation of animals and then man. And we are told that man is created in Hashem's image, that the task of man is to rule over the other creatures, uh, and to share the same diet with other creatures. In other words, eat uh, vegetation only. Uh, man was created to be a vegetarian. At the conclusion of these six days, Hashem uh, pronounces that all that he has created is good, very good, is, is good. Um, then we have the seventh day of creation. The seventh day of creation uh, is the uh, decision by Hashem to abstain from any further creation, and therefore Hashem blesses the seventh day and sanctifies it, and that's why it is called Shabbat, which means uh, a time of refraining, of abstaining. So this brings us to the end of the first section of the parasha. The second section is a return to the subject of the creation of man, human, uh, known also as Adam, but here the Torah goes into greater detail about how man was created. First, we're told that man is created from the dust of the earth and that he is given a soul from Hashem. He is placed in the Garden of Eden, and the Torah describes the four rivers uh, of the Garden of Eden and what areas the those rivers uh, include, uh, 
and surround. Man is placed in Eden, or Eden is the Hebrew pronunciation, uh, both to work it and to preserve it. So this is a different task of man uh, to uh, develop the earth uh, with all of its resources, uh, but also to take care of it, to preserve it, uh, not to uh, deplete its resources. And man is commanded. Man is commanded at this point that although he may eat from all of the uh, produce, all of the fruit um, that grows in the garden, uh, there is one fruit that he is not permitted to eat. And that is the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. More about that later. Uh, it is uh, it is observed by Hashem that man needs a companion. He needs someone to uh, to to join with uh, to join with in ideas uh, to be a companion, a mate. Uh, at first, Hashem gives man the opportunity to name all of the creatures, which he does. Uh, but this is insufficient to give him this sense of companionship, and therefore Hashem. Uh, creates by building a uh, woman from the side of man, takes man part of man's side and develops it into the woman. So she will be his companion. Uh, this is the conclusion. That's the second section of Parashat uh, Bereshit, which, as I said, deals with the uh, creation of, uh, of humans in, uh, in greater detail. The third section uh, tells us about uh, the, the sin uh, that brought about a change. It's the sin, sin of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, I want to point out that uh, a few things. First of all, the Torah never says explicitly what fruit this is. There is uh, much discussion in the Midrashim about what fruit it may have been, but it never says so explicitly. Uh, secondly, the tree is now never called just the tree of knowledge. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The, the fruit is connected with the awareness of the difference between good and evil. There are other kinds of knowledge, uh, but uh, this uh, fruit uh, is connected with differentiating between good and evil. The snake, who is in the, uh, in the garden as well, is very clever and... Uh, incites the woman to transgress, and then the woman gives the fruit to the man. Uh, so she eats, he eats, and no sooner do they eat that they realize they are naked. They look upon themselves differently. Uh, they have disobeyed. They have sinned against God, and that uh, gives one a sense that uh, uh, that one is exposed quite uh, uh, quite literally in a in a moral and a spiritual sense. Because they realize they are naked, they make themselves uh, coverings out of fig leaves. Uh, Hashem uh, engages them and gives man the opportunity to admit his sin. Uh, but instead of admitting, um, he shifts the blame. He says, well, the woman that you gave me uh, convinced me to eat the fruit and I ate it. And the woman blames the snake. So all of them uh, really deserve punishment. So the Torah proceeds to this, the discussion of punishment. The snake will crawl in its belly, it will eat dust, and it will be the enemy of mankind. 
the woman will suffer in childbirth. Uh, man, Adam's uh, punishment, is that the earth will be cursed and unproductive, uh, certainly during the lifetime of this first man. And they are told that they are mortal, that they are not going to uh, live forever, that they are going to die. After the punishment, uh, man uh, gives his wife a name. His name is Adam, and her name is Chava, which has to do with life. She's the mother of all life. Hashem provides Adam and Chava with clothing, not just the fig leaves that they put together themselves, but Hashem makes them clothing, and they are expelled from Eden, and uh, they are not permitted to return. The fourth section of the parasha deals with their first children, Cain and Hevel. The Torah talks about the birth of Cain and Hevel and their various occupations. And then their offerings, uh, they offer uh, sacrifices before God, shows that the, the desire to sacrifice is a basic human impulse, the desire to express gratitude to Hashem, uh, but they're not accepted the same way. Uh, uh, Cain's sacrifice is not is not accepted the way Hevel's is. And Hashem instructs Cain uh, that uh, it is prop proper to uh, offer the offerings in a proper way. Uh, Cain uh, did not give the best. Uh, but Cain still is angry, uh, jealous uh, of Hevel. And so Cain murders Hevel. And then Hashem pronounces uh, their, uh, the judgment of uh, Cain. Uh, and Cain finally admits his crime. And Hashem uh, changes the judgment uh, from uh, death to exile. Uh, and he will, he will wander the earth. The fifth section of the parasha deals with the generations, the descendants of Cain. And the Torah talks about them very, very briefly, uh, these generations. Uh, Hanoch, and he builds a city. Irad, Mechuyael, Metushael, Lemech, who has uh, two wives. And uh, one wife, Ada, has two children. Yaval, who is the father of shepherds. Yuval, who is the father of musicians. So these are people who uh, start these uh, various practices and professions. His other wife, Tzila, uh, has one uh, has a, a son named Tuval Kain, who is a sharpener of metal implements, and also uh, a uh, he, she has a daughter named Naama. And the only other thing that Torah tells us about uh, Lemech is that he admits to having killed uh, someone. The Torah doesn't express exactly who it is. Uh, but there's much discussion in the Midrash about who that may have been. Um, after the death of Hevel uh, comes the, the next section of the parasha, the sixth section, um, in which after the death of Hevel, uh, Adam and Chava have another child. His name is Sheit, and then the next generation, Enosh. And it is during that time we have the beginnings of spiritual strivings, on the part of mankind, uh, some of which go in uh, improper directions. The spiritual strivings, we are told, lead to uh, the beginnings of idolatry. 
because of course at first uh, Adam and Chava knew uh, firsthand that there is one and only one God. The seventh part of the parasha is a uh, an overview of all the generations starting from Adam and going to Noah covers a period of over 1500 years. Uh, we're told the ages when uh, of each generation when the next generation is born that had other children although not all of those children are listed and uh, total lifespans so after adam we trace the lineage from adam through shet enosh kenan mahalalel yered hanoch hanoch hashem takes hanoch early because he's a very uh, pious a righteous person uh, but he uh, might not be strong enough to withstand the temptations of his generation, so Hashem takes him earlier. Uh, the next generation is Metushelach, and then Lemech, and uh, at the end, uh, Noach. And Noach, the Torah tells us, has three children, Shem, Ham, and Yefet. The very end of the parasha, the eighth section of Parashat Barashit, tells us that mankind is... Uh, becomes more and more sinful. And as a result, Hashem decides to destroy mankind and all living things. However, the Torah concludes this parasha, Noah finds favor in Hashem's eyes uh, that in this time of uh, great sinfulness, uh, one man is found to be righteous. And as we'll find out in next week's parasha, uh, of course, uh, Hashem saves Noah. Uh, but more about that in next week's parasha. Let's go back to the very beginning of the parasha. Bereshit bara Elokim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. Let's follow uh, Rashi's translation, which is different from a lot of other translations which say, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, Rashi insists that a better way to translate it is in the beginning of God's creating. In other words, when God began to create heaven and earth, and that's not the end of the sentence, we then have a parenthesis. Uh, the earth that we're talking about was uh, unformed and void, uh, chaotic, with darkness over the face of the, the surface of the deep and a wind from God sweeping over the water. So that's a description of what this earth was. Now we close the parentheses and continue. So when God began to create, the way he began was by saying, uh, Yehi or, let there be light, Vayhi or, and there was light. The very first Rashi on this parasha, indeed the first Rashi in the entire Torah, uh, makes use of a uh, Midrash uh, quoted in the name of Rabbi Yitzchak, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Uh, couple of things about uh, this before we even look inside. First of all, Rashi's first comment is Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak said, starting with the word Amar, starts with an Aleph. And if you look at the very last comment of Rashi on the Torah, it ends with the letter Tav. So that's very uh, uh, lovely and symmetrical that Rashi's first comment on the Torah starts with an Aleph and his last ends with a Tav, the first and the last letter of the, uh, of the Hebrew Aleph Bet alphabet. Um, another important point uh, that Rashi is going uh, to, to say about Rashi's first comment is uh, at the beginning of each one of the five uh, books of the Torah, Rashi's very first comment uh, provides comfort for the Jewish people. 
uh, every everyone is like that, and uh, this one is no exception. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak, that Rashi quotes, um, makes the point that uh, properly the Torah should have shouldn't have started with creation. Uh, it really should have started uh, into the book of Shemot, uh, where the Torah begins to tell us the mitzvot. Uh, the first of the mitzvot given to all of Israel uh, is hachodesh uh, hazelachem, that the first month that uh, the first month of the year and the way that you determine the new months was the basics of the of the calendar. Uh, that really should have begin, been the beginning of the Torah. Uh, so why start with uh, the entire book of Bereshit and the beginning of uh, of uh, Shemot as well? Rashi, quoting this midrash, answers from a pasuk in Tehillim that um, God declared uh, what he what he created, the, the strength of his works, in order that he might give them the heritage of the nations. That's the Pasuk. And this uh, Midrash that Rashi quotes says it means that the uh, telling about the creation of the universe is a background to justifying uh, giving the land of Israel to the Jewish people, because someday may come and uh, we're living in times where this is very uh, realistic, uh, that the people of the world might say uh, to the Jewish people, you have stolen, uh, you have stolen land, uh, the land of Israel, it doesn't really belong to you. And your response is, well, God created the world and God decides uh, who gets what. Uh, originally, God allowed other people to live there, but God, uh, by right, took it from them and gave it to us. So uh, these first first comment of the Torah uh, in Rashi uh, provides us with that consolation that we have every right to be in uh, in the land of Israel, to be given the land of Israel. You notice from Rashi uh, that Rashi assumes that the major purpose of the Torah is to teach us the mitzvot. Um, and uh, because of that, the commentary on the on Rashi by the Maharal, known as the comment, commentary called Gur Aryeh, uh, says, well, if that's the case, uh, the question would still seem to remain, because how does uh, giving the land of Israel to the Jewish people um, solve the question about, well, the Torah is primarily about the mitzvot? Uh, how, does the, how does the answer answer the question? Uh, the point that the Maharal makes, however, in answering the question, is that if you think about it, uh, a large number of the mitzvot of the Torah uh, must take place in the land of Israel. He gives a, a couple of examples. He talks about those mitzvot that are quite literally dependent on, on the land, the agricultural mitzvot, uh, such as truma and maser and shemitah, most definitely are uh, in the land of Israel, uh, as well as the building of the temple. Uh, the temple may only be built in the land of Israel, and if uh, there are many other mitzvot, sacrifices and such, uh, that are directly related to the temple. Uh, and therefore, if you take those two areas of, uh, of the mitzvot together, you really have the majority of the mitzvot of, uh, of the Torah, and without the land of Israel, those mitzvot uh, would not take place at all. We can add to this 
uh, an observation of the Ramban uh, elsewhere, uh, which is that uh, ideally uh, the place where the mitzvot uh, are meant to be uh, observed, first and foremost, is in the land of Israel. Um, so therefore, uh, the reason why the Torah starts here uh, in order to justify our being given the land of Israel is because the land of Israel is an important uh, prerequisite for the fullest uh, observance of the Torah, a thought to bring us into the uh, new year. I thank you all very much for joining me in this exploration of the first parasha of the Torah, Breshit. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parasha Highlights and Insights saying Shalom. Shalom.